What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't have the running back depth to overcome this. What am I going to do? I don't know. You can make a trade. For what? My kicker? My roster is depleted. What about your waiver wire? No. It's over. It is not over because you have us, the Fantasy Injury Team. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 8 of the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. We thank you guys so much for joining and supporting us. Today's topic, pre-week one injuries. Who's good to go for week one? Who should you be cautious about playing? We got mailbag questions. Start, sit portion. Our third and final trivia question. We got a loaded show today, guys. With me are my two good friends, Tom Christ and Sam Webb, the doctors of physical therapy. Tom, what's going on, my friend? What's happening, Big Daddy Joe? How's oh, how's boy. congrats, man? Ladies congrats, and gentlemen, Joe. I am uh I am a father uh, of a beautiful newborn girl, Avery Grace. I'm smiling from ear to ear. It's the best thing in the world. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And uh we'll get her on the show in a couple of years. We'll uh <laughs> we'll have Avery come down, but it, it's this has been an awesome week. How you guys doing? Ready, ready for football tomorrow? We're we're ready. Oh man. It's back. Well. It's back, baby. I'm excited. It's, it's time. I want to go out tomorrow to watch football, but Britt's like, yeah, she's five days old <laughs> and we're going to watch from our couch for today. But, uh, you know, maybe soon we can go out. But so excited, man. Big game tomorrow. Bills and uh, Bills and, and the Super Bowl champion Rams going to be a good one. And then obviously a loaded slate on Sunday, boys. We are back in it. Our 10, 20, 30 fantasy teams. That's a little much, but <laughs> we are ready to go, man. So the best time of the year it is it is for sure so all right so our website continues to grow guys that's because of you our listeners and our supporters we thank you guys once again we are at fantasyinjuryteam.com there is so much amazing awesome content tom and sam continue to churn out phenomenal articles vin bento articles putting out his new series adore a bore which we didn't know what it meant apparently a bore is another word for Dislike, so it is. Uh, Vin's Who knew column that Vin of, was such a uh, English savant, such a scholar? My goodness gracious, Adora Bohr. So that is a a great series started. As always, we've got phenomenal injury content, statistics, analysis, using the stats, using the data. Our Twitter's been going off; it's been electric. We're having a lot of fun, but we are fully back in action, guys. We are ready to go, and it's a great show. So you ready to dive in, boys? Let's get it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first portion of the show here, we are going to get our injury updates. Guys, we are going to try to do these every week for you. Get as many players as you can, as we can in the show. We're not going to talk too extensively on each one, but we're going to try to give you every major injury update leading up to each week. We'll record the show, obviously, before the each week starts. We'll get you guys a heads up. Do we think you guys should start them? We'll get these two gentlemen's expert opinion. We'll see what they think. I'll throw my two cents in there for whatever that means for you guys out there. And uh, we'll, we'll try to come to some conclusions here. So we're going to bounce back and forth. Tom covered the NFC. Sam covered the AFC. If you guys want to see their full lists, you can go to our website. They both wrote extensive articles. Tom covered the NFC injuries. Sam covered the AFC. So you guys can see the full analysis there. We're going to take the big ones here, talk about them for a couple minutes, and uh, see what we think for week one coming up here. So we are starting with a frequent guest on our show. Tom, to you, he is Cam Akers. We've got a tough week one matchup against Buffalo. I almost think Henderson seems like the better option to start. And as we go through these guys, I'm going to mention a little bit, which I kind of use as a baseline, is what 
DraftKings Sportsbooks come out with is a free advertisement for them. But I'm going to use their advertise or their uh, excuse me their uh, total their numbers. We're going to see if we think that they're going to go over under. We'll talk about that. But Cam Akers obviously coming off the Achilles. Tom, what is your analysis on him? His over under is 44 and a half yards, kind of low. Uh, what do we think about him going into Week One? Yeah, that is pretty low um, for what many believe for who many believe is going to be getting this t- Todd Gurley of pass role. Um, He's 13 months removed from the Achilles tear now, and the research shows us that at that time frame, the calf averages being 10 to 30% weaker on the surgical side than the non-surgical side. So he's likely has not regained all his strength and power yet. Um, He averaged 2.6 yards per carry when he returned last season. Last year, Buffalo had the number one ranked defense, total defense, and the 13th against the run. I think he's a touchdown dependent to get any kind of results for you this week. I do think he gets over 44.5 yards, but not by much. Um, I don't really like Henderson either this week. I don't think he'll be spectacular either. I, I, if, if you've got other options, I would, I would go with them. I agree. I'm going with other options. Henderson's over-under is only at 29 and a half. So Vegas seems to think that obviously a tough matchup against Buffalo here. I'm sitting these guys. I'm waiting to see. I don't think Cam Akers, like Tom said, is fully healed. He's a sit for me. Sounds like he's a sit for Tom as well. So over to Sam in the AFC, we are starting to show with Zach Wilson. Just got the news likely out, unfortunately, for four weeks with his knee surgery. What are implications here, Sam, with Zach Wilson and, and Joe Flacco stepping in as the Jets starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton to talk about here just because he's already been labeled as out. Um, so we just have to kind of consider what's going to change with Joe Flacco versus Wilson. So I imagine Will, uh, Flacco's not going to be running the ball for 100 yards by any means. So the receivers definitely kind of have to have some sort of upside there, uh, especially if they're going to be playing from behind. So it might be a lot of garbage time kind of points to be had there. So maybe a little bit of a boost to the receivers. But with Wilson, specifically with his injury, I don't necessarily know if he'll need four full weeks to recover from where he's at. It sounds like they're pretty positive on uh, him maybe coming back a little bit sooner than that. But I guess we'll just have to kind of see how that plays out. Okay. And over to you, Tom, with, with the Jets quickly here. Do we look at this as a downgrade to the Jets pass catchers, to their receivers? I mean, their their implied total this week is only 18 and a half points, which is super low. It's not very I'm good. I'm steering away. I mean, I love me some Elijah Moore, but quickly, do you, is this a downgrade to them? Are we kind of being cautious about the Jets pass catchers? I think it's a downgrade, but I, I mean, I think I, I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. I think that at least one guy still can produce. Um, I just don't think you're going to get like 350 yards and three touchdowns out of Joe Flacco. It might be more like 250 and one or two. And if Elijah Moore happens to get 80 of them in a touchdown, then that's a pretty good start right there. But as a whole, yes, I believe it's a downgrade. I think so too. I think I'm kind of taking the wait and see approach with the, uh, with the New York jets. Okay. So back to you, Tom, number two player here in the NFC, another frequent guest of our show, Miles Sanders got a matchup against the lions. Quite a crowded, uh, quite a crowded backfield. They've got Kenny Gamewell and, and Boston Scott. I found myself getting a lot of shares of Kenny Gamewell, but what are our, our thoughts our, our expert opinion on, on Miles Sanders and his hamstring injury? So he missed several weeks from this, telling us that it was a little more serious um, than we would have liked. But uh, he was a full participant today in practice. And interestingly, 
we see absolutely no decline in performance. In, well, close to absolutely no decline in performance in running backs as far as fantasy points go in their first game back. They average only 0.3 points per game below their baseline, and 42% of them were able to meet or exceed their baseline uh, average in their first game back. So there's really not a whole lot of evidence that this is going to negatively impact his performance if he does play. Um, and the Lions allowed the fifth most rushing yards last season. So the way I look at it, Sanders was kind of like a fringe flex first bench player starter anyway. If you drafted him in a spot where you're expecting him to start, I think you can do so somewhat confidently. Um, but if you have somebody on your bench who you see as pretty much equal to him and they have a good matchup, you may just go ahead and start that player instead. Fair enough. I, I, to me, Sanders is a higher floor, really low ceiling play in week one. You mentioned the great matchup against the Lions. I mean, his over-under is only 51 and a half yards. To I think he'll get over that. I think it's going to be close. To put it into perspective, I know it's too late now. Jalen Hurts' rushing yards for the game is only five less. It's just he takes so much of that offense. I could see Boston Scott falling in for a touchdown. I could see in third down and passing situations, Gainwell getting in. But to me, like I said, I think it's a sit. But for you, Tom, you, you feel like if you have a better option, you play him. But if you drafted him and need him, he could put you up, you know, hopefully eight, nine, ten points. I mean, I don't I don't see him doing better than that. No, I agree. I have him in a dynasty league and I, I don't have a whole lot else at the position and I'm going to start him. All right. Touche. Back to you, Sam. Let's go to the disaster right now of the Ravens backfield. So we've got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mike Davis, who actually has a decent projection for this week. For me, I'm totally staying away from this entire backfield for now until it gets sorted out. But Sam, what are implications here? What are your thoughts on the Ravens backfield? Yeah, I totally agree. I think you kind of have to stay away from this backfield at the moment. There's just not enough um, information to really tell us where they're going to be headed. Um, we know Gus is already on the pup, so he's out the first four weeks, no matter what. As for Dobbins, I believe there's a report out today, um, from Lamar Jackson saying that he's hoping to have him back in a couple weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dobbins ends up sitting out for a week or two as he continues to recover. I think we all saw the, the limp video, uh, last week or a week before, did you see what he replied to the limp video? I, d I did. He's definitely not a fan of people uh, chirping him, but he's, he's not having any of it. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, so I just, you, I don't you think better you... watch what you say right now about him. Sam. I guess so. He's going to come find me. I guess uh, any, any attention is good attention. If he, if he talks about our show, it'll help us out big time. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, I that's mean, like point. he's got probably hundreds of thousands of followers. So it's <laughs> a very good point. Yeah. Maybe we should tag him. Um, Anyway, so I don't think this backfield is really worth touching at the moment. So even Kenyon Drake, who recently joined the team, they released their depth chart, and he's listed as the RB4 behind Dobbins, Davis, and Justice Hill. So I just don't think there's really not much to find here. Yeah, I'm with you there. I can't see myself in any situation where I'm playing a Ravens guy. Again, I think we have a lot of situations here as we move on and go through our players that they're wait and see. I know we all just got super excited about drafting our teams and we're setting our lineups already, but I think a lot of these scenarios are truly, and we'll talk later too about rookie wide receivers. I think they really are wait and see. 
play your safe guys week one, your guys that are not going to kill you, the guys that will give you a chance, and wait out and see how a guy like Cam Akers does. Or for me, Miles Sanders, or in this case, J.K. Dobbins. Let's see how the Ravens' backfield pans out. Maybe week three, week four, it's a little bit clearer of a picture, but we seem to all be in agreement there. Back to you, Tom. Debo Samuel. So this was somewhat newer news. Um, They've got the Bears this week, but Debo seems to have a bone bruise on his knee. Tom, I don't know what to make of that. What is a bone bruise? What is his severity of this injury? Do we think he's going to play this week? And and if he does play, is he going to be effective? Yeah, so a bone bruise is usually when the bone is impacted in a way that just causes a little bit of bleeding, um, and that can be painful, and that can lead to swelling. Pain and swelling can both impact function, muscle function, which then leads to athletic performance. So this really comes down to how well Debo is able to get the pain and swelling under control. Um, He practiced in full today, and with it being this early in the practice week, I would imagine that means that it's under control. Uh, If it wasn't, I would think he would have practiced limited or not even practiced today. So to me, I really have absolutely no concerns right now for Debo. Um, She goes against Chicago, who was third best against the past last season. Um, And Debo has a new quarterback this year. So there's certainly some questions there. But this guy is ultra talented. They're going to find creative ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, I think he's you drafted him in the second round. You're going to start him. Yeah, I think if you're using second round draft capital on him, you probably don't have a choice. I mean, of course, he's one of the most talented players in the league. He finished, what, top two or three at receiver last year. I'm still huge on Brandon Ayuk. We look at some of the numbers here. Debo this week projected 53 and a half receiving yards. Ayuk projected 48 and a half. So they are pretty close. Obviously, Debo a little bit more upside with the rushing and and the, the jet sweeps out of the backfield and the other the other plays that they run for him. But we're not really he too absolutely concerned. crushes that over. Sounds like you got to play some bets, Tom. Sound uh-huh, like a, maybe. Well, wait, is betting legal in, in Pennsylvania? Yeah, like it in, is. You it can. Is. Was it legal in Georgia when you were no, there? No, it wasn't. Uh-huh. This is a, a new, new uh, territory for me. When Tom cries poverty in week eight, uh, we'll set up a GoFundMe page for him after he, <laughs> after he loses all of his money. Okay, so back to you, Sam. Najee Harris, we know that, and there's another guy on here, Deontay Johnson, who we'll discuss, but the Steelers have been sketchy this offseason with the way that they're dealing and discussing with you know injuries. Najee Harris, we learned about a week or two ago that he was dealing with the Liz Frank injury. Is he good to go for week one, Sam, Najee Harris? Yes, I guess sketchy is a pretty good word for it. I think they're just trying to get every edge they can and trying to be hush-hush about anything that's going on with their team right now. Um, He should be completely fine for week one. He did play in half of their last preseason game, so I don't really anticipate any issues with him. If it was a more severe injury like ETN had last year, then he would already be out. We would already know that. And he's had several weeks to kind of recover from uh, his injury, I think it was originally described as someone just stepping on his foot. But now that we know it's more of a Frank injury, we can kind of see where he's headed. Uh, I believe our data shows that players returning from a Frank injury are only showing an average of a decrease of 1.2 points per game, which isn't a huge amount. So I think he's worth the start going into week one. I don't, I don't have any concerns about him. And again, a guy who... You, you know, people drafted first round, early second round. Right. You're going to play him unless, like me, you're in, a, you're in a one-on-one league, where which 
I, by the way, strongly suggest all of you guys out there to try it. If you're, if you ever want to have something, something new for you, me and my friend Rob every year, and now it's starting to catch on in our friend group. We do a one-on-one -on -one league every year, and it is one of the most electric fun leagues ever. That might be the only league that I'm considering sitting Najee Harrison. But again, a first round pick, I mean, for DFS purposes, which we'll talk about a little bit, another really, really low implied total. The game is over-under is only 44 with the Bengals minus six and a half. So they're projecting the Steelers to score almost the same as the Jets, 18, 19 points. But again, Najee Harris, a guy you got to roll out there, world of talent, and of course, going to eat up that workload. So back to you, Tom, Chris Godwin. I mean, now that I look back, I regret not getting much of him. I'm shocked at how quickly this guy came back. Probably a steal in the fifth or sixth round. Is he ready yet? Is he at full strength coming off this ACL? What is he going to play this week? I'm seeing so many different reports. There's there's still questions because the reports out of Tampa are very positive. Um, but I, I can't imagine him being 100%. Um, I know that he's back to full practice, which is good. It indicates that he's he's met all the, the milestones from the post-op recovery. But I, I would imagine that they have him on a snap, can't, snap count to start the first couple weeks. Um, and remember, there's a lot of weapons there now. There's Mike Evans, there's Russell Gage, there's Julio Jones. So even if he is out there a lot, the, the ball is going to be spread around quite a bit. I know Brady does love Godwin, and we talked last show about how uh, Godwin's A dot is like seven yards or something, and we're kind of expecting Brady to need to get the ball out fast because of that depleting O-line. Um, but as far as statistics go, in the first game back from an ACL surgery wide receivers average 3.6 points per games below their pre-injury baseline that's a good chunk of points right there and only 22 percent of them met or exceeded their pre-injury baseline in the first game back so i would caution against starting him this week this is all good news that he's back to full practice i think it takes him a couple weeks to really get his groove back though Okay, and question. Typically speaking, he got hurt, what, in December, right? I think it was late. 15, I believe. Okay. What's the normal, like, time frame of recovery? When when would a, I don't want to say normal person, but, like, when when would we typically expect Godwin to be back full strength? Forget all the news. Everything's out the window. Just from the research and from what you, you know, medically speaking, when are we expecting him to, like, return? Yeah, so... Nine months is kind of that cutoff where the research really shows that prior to that, there's a high risk of re-tearing that ACL. Um, but it's it's hard to really put a time on it because it's more about the strength, the balance, the single leg pop test function, uh, and, and and their overall fitness and performance more so than a a month number uh sam what would you say there yeah i mean if you take a look at my post i put up a couple of weeks ago with the uh the wide receiver injuries i talked about this a little bit with his return so our data that we have on the wide receivers returning from acl reconstruction cooper cup was the fastest to return at 43 weeks so if based on the numbers I have here, if Godwin was to return at that same time, he would be ready for October 16th, which is obviously kind of not the beginning of the season versus if he waits until the average that we have of 49 weeks, that would be around November 27th. So, so there's definitely some clear. time. Sorry to cut you off. 
if he returns at the speed, the fastest person returned, that wouldn't be until mid-October. Yeah, that's that's true. The, the tricky thing there is that the start of the season is the same no matter what. So when you have a player that tears their ACL further into the season, it automatically gives them less time. So it's not impossible to say that he might return at 40 weeks, 39 weeks, something like that. Um, but if, yeah, if he was ready for week one, that would be at 38 weeks after his injury, which would be remarkable. It is incredible. It's fast. And Tom, you said, I mean, I think in the beginning of the year, especially this Bucks team is going to be frustrating. I mean, we know Tom Brady's there. We know the elite weapons that are there, but depleted offensive line, so many weapons. You've got Gage, you've got Julio, you've got Godwin, Evans, the list goes on and on. Gronk might even come back from retiring. Who the heck knows? They've got weapons and weapons and weapons. So I think, again, if you can afford to sit him, for me, I'm out on Godwin for this week just to wait until he's back at full strength. So moving right along, what about implications, Sam, for... A lot of talk in the offseason about Travis Etienne. Me and Tom were super high on him. I try to get the guy in every league. But now it's kind of slowing a little bit, I guess you can say, the, the positivity around him because James Robinson, according to reports, looks like he's back and he's practicing fully. What's the word on that backfield in, in Jacksonville, James Robinson, Travis Etienne? Yeah, it's definitely one of the trickier backfields to kind of understand and figure out what's going on here. Um, I think there could be some value to be had, but the qu- problem is we don't really know how many snaps each of the players is going to get. So this might be another one where it's worth kind of either taking a flyer on or may even worth be worth just sitting both of them. With James Robinson coming back, we kind of knew that they were expecting to play him, but I don't anticipate he's going to do very well. I mean, Tom has written about this all over the place with Achilles injuries. We, we hate them. We know that players don't do well when they come back. One of the biggest problems with Achilles injuries is the speed, power, quickness that the player is able to kind of get back to their baseline levels. And with James Robinson, we already know he's not the fastest person in the world. Actually, I looked up his 40 time while I was writing my article earlier today. And at the combine, he had a 464 40-yard dash, which isn't jumping off the page already. So with a Achilles injury, he could easily fall down into the five second range. I could see that. This is why you guys are experts on this because data, 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 you've got your opinions and you know, but we're using data here. I mean, for me, I don't know, Tom, I feel like you're going to feel the same here. And that was a great analysis, Sam, but I can't possibly find a way I'm going to ever sit ETN. I mean, I put so much stock into him. can you possibly find a scenario where you're sitting him? I mean, I'm definitely out on James Robinson for this week, but are you in on ETN still? Yeah, I think so. Um, I did mention this week that I, I bumped bumping him down a little bit just because I don't think Robinson will play well, but I do think he will take some of ETN's workload. That being said, I think that they will see that ETN is clearly more explosive and I think he's going to be a lot more productive. So I feel like ETN's just going to earn more shares as the season goes on and even as this game goes on. He's just better. I watched him in the preseason. The explosiveness was unbelievable. He showed the ability to be a three-down back. This news for me about Robinson being quote-unquote back and, and healthy, I'm not taking it at all seriously. I mean, I'm all in on ETN. I'm playing him everywhere. And uh, could also be a possible buy-low candidate if we see things start slow with that offense. I'm all in on him for, for the whole season here. So 
Tom, Mr. Uh, not you, but uh, Mr. C.D. Lamb is uh, Mr. Clown Stuff here. Last last time we had a show, we learned that he did some clown stuff and had a laceration. I don't think there's many concerns. He's playing the Bucks. Should be a really high-scoring game there. His over-under is all the way up at 69 and a half yards. Are we all systems going, Lamb? No worries here? He Full practice, not on the injury report. Put him in your lineup. Quick and easy, quick and easy. Back to you, Sam. This is a, actually a mail-in question, and we'll give these guys a shout-out. Mr. Joe Burst, a dear friend of ours, he asked about T. Higgins. Um, he had a shoulder injury, returned to practice Monday. He was in full pads, full participant. His over-under is 69 and a half yards, which is, is pretty gaudy, really good numbers. And to put that into perspective, Chase has only had 71.5, so a two-yard difference. I've been all in on T. Higgins. Sam, are you feeling the same? What's your analysis on his shoulder? Is he good to go? Yeah, he kind of similar to when Tom just touched on. He should should be completely ready to go. I think they actually just uh, gave a report today saying that he's going to play. Um, so I don't have any issues starting him this week. Guy's an alpha receiver, man. Of course, Jamar Chase is a stud and a first-round talent, but anywhere I could have gotten T. Higgins, I was. Two-round later discount for a guy who could easily finish in the top 10. So. All right, about halfway through our players here. Tom, back to you, and you're going to start smiling and possibly partying and doing whatever you're going to do over there because it's Mr. Michael Thomas. He is on track to play week one. Um, We do see, I'll steal your thunder a little here, we do see a decline in the first few games back from a hamstring injury, I believe. There's no total listed for him, so I guess Vegas doesn't know what to make of this. I don't know what to make of this. What are you making of this, Tom? Michael Thomas, week one. Yeah, so interestingly, with Miles Sanders, we talked about how the data shows there's no decline in fantasy performance for running backs coming back from hamstring injuries. In receivers, in the first game back, they averaged 2.8 points per game below their pre-injury baseline, with only 25% meeting or exceeding that. And that sample size was over 50. So there's definitely some concern for all of these receivers that we're going to talk about that are coming off hamstring injuries for this game. Um, we do know that there's also an increased risk for re-injury of the hamstring going forward. But as far as the performance decline, it's more for this first game back. But here's the thing. The hamstring injury is going to affect the player's ability to sprint, cut, be like a, a super freak athlete. That's never been Michael Thomas's game. He's not a burner. He's just somebody who can set up the defense, the defender really well to to get open. He's an elite route runner. He's a pretty big guy, terrific catcher. So yes, obviously a hamstring injury is going to impact him, but I don't think it would to the same degree that it would say like uh, Tyreek Hill, who his game is his speed and explosiveness. Um, Where Michael Thomas was draft capital wise, I, I think if you do have better options, consider them, but I'm totally comfortable starting him this week. Mr. League winner, Michael Thomas. See, actually, That's Tom, right. now that you're, uh, now that you're in, in Philly, you could play some bets on him. There's some futures on him. I actually threw a uh, – I'll give away a little bet that I put in, and I'm not a huge gambler, but I put in a bet the other day, parlay, Jalen Hurts to an MVP, and Michael Thomas to be comeback player of the year. I think it was like 20 bucks to win like a couple thousand. To me, it sounds possible, right? That's a good one. I don't know. I'm all in on Hertz. Uh, you've convinced me. No matter what I do, I can't look away from Michael Thomas because of you hounded me all summer long. So we you'll seem be, to be. You'll be it. thanking me later. I hope so, Tom. All right. Back to you, Sam. Another mail-in question. This was from Joe Burst. We were going to talk about him anyway, but I'll give our friend a shout out. Deontay Johnson, 
Status for week one now truly seems to be up in the air. Um, he had a shoulder injury. Um, we think that it's worse than the team has been letting on. Again, we know that the Steelers and Tomlin are not the most reliable resources on giving us honesty. They didn't disclose Najee Harris's injury. Tomlin has said a couple of times, just some quotes here. He said, we'll let participation be our guide. And then Deontay Johnson said, it's annoying, but at the end of the day, it's football. He's acknowledging the fact that he has an injury. But what is our status there with Deontay Johnson, Sam? Yeah, unfortunately, with Deontay Johnson, I think we're going to have to keep an eye on this one throughout the rest of the week. It doesn't seem like they have a clear answer as to whether or not he's going to play, or maybe they do know, but they're just not telling us right now. Um, until all these reports today, I fully expected him to play. Um, they actually they never really said what his real injury was, but based on how he landed on his shoulder, I think Tom agrees. I think we were thinking an AC joint sprain, which they don't typically last forever, but they can be impacting, especially trying to bring your arms up above your head. So going up for those high catches could be a problem for him if he's still having some pain. With all this being said, if he does play, I I don't anticipate him being limited by any means, but if they do obviously hold him out, I can't imagine he misses more than one or two weeks. So it shouldn't be a super long-term issue. Okay. Fair enough, Sam. So not overly concerned with him. I'm falling in love every day with George Pickens. I think he's, he's him as the kids say, I'm going back to school soon out of Georgia. He looks so good. Obviously Claypool is still there. That's why I've discounted him a little bit this year, but I think Deontay to your point is still a good play PPR monster. You know, his a dots never going to be great. And I think he dealt with a couple drops last year, but he's just going to be peppered with targets guy that can get open. So, Sam, according to you, we're going to monitor that situation, see how it goes, look a little bit closer to Sunday when they play their game. Yep. Okay. Guys, do you love your golf coach but wish the customer experience was more modern and seamless? Try Astruzzi, an innovative golf coach business management platform designed for players and their coaches. Your Astruzzi player locker makes applying your training material super easy by organizing images, videos, and training notes in chronological order by session. Your coach will also love our tools for real-time scheduling, payment processing, and chat. After downloading Astruzzi from the Apple App Store, invite your coach during account setup. Just like us here at Fantasy Injury Team, Astruzzi slowly growing. Get on the train, guys. Go check it out. A couple players left here, Tom. Kadarius Tony, hamstring. I think last episode we talked about how we were a little bit more concerned with him. Um, what is your your expert analysis there on Kadarius Tony? Yeah, so that video from a week or so ago looks pretty bad. Um, but interestingly, the reports are that he's a full participant in practice today. Um, what now? Let's let's consider what I was just talking about with Michael Thomas, who not such a burner. Kadarius Tony really relies on his explosiveness. That that's his game. So with that, I, if there is still some lingering hamstring injury that could limit some of his explosiveness, but also that that risk for re-injury persists. Um, the same stats apply, as I just talked about with Michael Thomas, the average 2.8 points per game below their pre-injury baseline, and only 25% are hitting their pre-injury baseline in their first game back from this injury. I think you sit him this week and see how he does. I'm with that totally. I mean, as much as I don't want my Giants to be like this. I feel like their whole wide receiver group is probably like, we've mentioned gambling quite a bit, like playing roulette. I mean, I think it's going to take time and patience for us 
to figure out their passing attack. Kenny Galladay, who's getting a lot of hate, you know, in the offseason for his effort and for a lot of different things. They got, I think, second round draft pick Wandale Robinson. Got Kadarius Tony Shepard still there. Slayton. I mean, obviously, Barkley's going to eat some targets out of the backfield. I think this is going to be a situation where we kind of wait and see. So I think those are really good points there, Tom. I do love him for the whole season, though. I think he's going to be a terrific player if he's on the field. Yeah, that that stretch last year was crazy. I forget when it was. I think it was like a three or four week stretch where he just looked like one of the top guys, similar to what Elijah Moore was putting together on the other side of New York there. Well, they play in the same stadium, but uh, the other uh, the other New York team, um, really a good a good stretch there. Okay. Two more players left for you, Sam. And Tom, I think I got three for you here. So Jalen Waddle been battling a leg injury, kind of a surprise a couple of weeks ago. I think he was pushed down on some drafts. Mike McDaniel said, quote, I am very, very confident he will be ready for week one. Um, what is your opinion on that, Sam, about Jalen Waddle this week? Yeah, I mean, if Mike McDaniel is confident, then I'm confident too. I don't really have any issue or reason to doubt that he won't be ready for week one. Uh, they never... Again, they never specifically said what was exactly wrong with him. I thought at first it was just his his foot issue that we already kind of knew about. But now that they're describing it as a soft tissue injury, it might be a calf strain or it might be a hamstring strain. I believe they said it was a quad strain like an hour ago. All righty. There we go. Uh, so quad strain. Um, either way, I think they're probably just being cautious with him. They probably just don't want to aggravate anything heading into week one. But if he's if they're fully confident, then... So am I. Fair enough. I think he had a hundred and could be off about this. 103 catches last year, rookie record. Quickly, Sam, putting you on the spot. Does he go over or under that this year? Jalen Waddle. Oof. Uh, I'll say under just because of Tyree kill. Tom, you with him? I agree, but I think it's like 98. No, oh, that's boring. Come on. If you're going to say under, be like, eh, 40 catches. No, that's fair enough. Um, I'm taking the over betting man myself here. Okay. Tom, we are on to you. Drake London, who uh, he's been picked fantasy wise, seventh, eighth, ninth round. I mean, tons of talent, first round pick. We know the targets are going to be plentiful there. Um, just him and Kyle Pitts, a couple other guys too, but his injury was, I believe unspecified. And I know he missed a lot of camp and preseason. Another one that I don't know what to make of Tom unspecified. What was going on with Drake London? They straight up just never told us. Um, I don't think anybody other than him and the training staff knows. Uh, he's been limited in practice, but I, I would imagine that he'll play. But that being said, you know, he's a rookie. He missed a lot of time in camp, a lot of preseason. Um, it'd be a risk to play him, but he's going to see a lot of targets if he plays. So I think for, for season-long redraft, if you don't need to start him, don't. I don't know what his price is in, in, in daily, but if it's, a, if it's a decent price, and I think it's worth going for him. I'd say he's a good best ball play. Again, you, you nailed it. My concern is that he's a rookie who needs as much time growing and maturing and learning as possible, and he missed a lot of the preseason and training camp. So I am concerned about that. Again, it all depends on your options, guys. How risky do you want to be? So here we go. Back to you, Sam. If I could find our player here. Last one for you, Darren Waller, um, hamstring injury. Looks like he's ready to play week one. There's speculation and there's thoughts about him holding out because of his contract, which does make sense that he didn't want to get hurt before he signed a contract. They got their new offense under Josh McDaniels. It's going to be electric to watch between him and Devante and Renfro. But 
you starting him, you sitting him, Sam, what, what are our thoughts here on, on Darren Waller? Yeah. Again, I think with Waller, I think you kind of have to start him. You definitely didn't draft him late in your drafts. If you did get him and there's not many tight ends out there that have the possibility of finishing as the number one overall tight end for the week. So I think you kind of have to start him, even if you don't really want to. Um, that being said with, his hamstring injury. It is interesting how he magically returned to practice as soon as he got his contract signed. So I don't necessarily know if that was truly holding him out or if it was just more of an excuse. So I, I don't have any issues with starting him. I think he should be ready to go. Agreed. Sketchy business out here in the NFL. We got to work on our next thing is getting an inside guy at each of these. Uh, come on. I think I mentioned this on another show, Tom or Sam, you guys got to know some physical therapists or some doctors or something that can give us a, uh, some more inside info, but we'll try to keep a, we're a, working a, a close on eye we're, on that. We're always networking. That's it, baby. All right, Tom, we got back to back for you and that will end this segment of our show. Then we got some great stuff coming to end our show. A couple of tight ends here. Zach Ertz, truly, truly questionable to play in week one calf injury. What is our analysis here? Yeah. So this, this is uh, definitely one to monitor. He hasn't practiced since August 4th. That's over a month. That tells us this was a more severe calf injury. He has returned to practice in a limited capacity. Um, similar to the hamstring though, the calf impacts the player's ability to sprint, cut, etc. And similar to Michael Thomas, like Ertz, he used to be really athletic. That's not really his game anymore. He just knows how to find the open space in the defense. He knows how to use his body and he has really reliable hands. So I don't think he's going to be super impacted by this injury just because he's not burning someone down the field. That's not his game. Um, tight ends average 1.1 points per game below their pre-injury baseline when they return from this injury with 33% of them meeting or exceeding that. So I'm okay with starting him if he plays. Um, I have him on one league in a dynasty team where I also have Dawson Knox. So I don't really have the luxury of waiting to see for Urge because Knox plays on Thursday. So I have to start Knox in that situation, but I, I'm okay with starting him. Um, and I, I don't really think that this will impact his performance too much. Okay. I like it for a season long too. Huge value in DFS. If he does not play Trey McBride, remember the name, everybody. One more Tom, my sister, Angie, we'll call her Angie's list asking. She is a Packers fan. Love the Packers. She's very curious about Robert Tunyon activated from the pup on August 14th, about three or so weeks ago towards ACL somewhat late week eight of last season. Sherry might be a touchdown dependent guy, but what's your analysis there? What do you got to say to, to Angie? So he has returned to practice in a limited capacity. Um, but I agree with you, Joe, if he plays, he's touchdown dependent, um, completely touchdown dependent. We don't have much data on tight ends returning from an ACL injury. So we can't really tell you what the stats say from that perspective, but he's definitely had enough time week eight. That, that's enough time to, safely return from this injury, uh, be fully rehabbed and all that. But again, it's, it's the time frame is a little bit different for everyone. Um, and he's just recently returned to practice. So maybe he's a little, little iffy for this week. Um, we'll have to see, but if he does play, I'm not starting him. Okay. I look at the Packers as almost the same as the giants, where I think it's going to be frustrating for the first couple weeks until we see what develops and what the best options are. Not that the Giants or Packers are necessarily loaded at receiver, but they have all of these options. 
I mentioned all of them for the Giants. For the Packers, we have Lazard, uh, Romeo Dobbs, Watson, who I think is is sickly underrated, Tunyon, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, who we already know is probably going to go off first week if, if there's anything like the past couple of years. For me, I think you play Jones, you play Dylan, and then, again, the receivers, who knows what's going to happen. I think it's another wait-and-see approach. All right. Injuries are covered, everybody. we got a couple more things to do here. Let's go to our final trivia question of this series. So a reminder what the contest is. We're going to ask a question here. We've asked a question. Well, we're going to ask one today. We've asked one on our last two, uh, two shows. The winner of the contest, you can answer each question once by messaging us on Twitter, injury underscore fantasy, and you, if you win, you get your choice of a Dalvin Cook or Austin Eckler signed in frame jersey with the authentication. Also, don't forget, if you respond to our tweet or just tag us and also tag three new fantasy football fans in a tweet, you can get an extra entry. Here's our question for today. Kind of a tricky one. I always talk about how I'm going back to school and how I got to make people think here. But have you guys not go. started school yet? We have started. What is today? Today is Wednesday. We started on Tuesday. But uh, I'm obviously home for the first week or so, week week and a half. I got the luxury of ah, oh, you got hanging with wifey leave. and the baby. Awesome, yeah. very cool. So it's no no detentions yet. Uh, not quite yet. I'm also teaching the AP kids this year, so I don't I don't foresee any issues. Those are those are the smarty pants. I hope they listen one day and come back to this episode. But hi, students. Okay, here's our question. I'll read it twice because it is a little bit intricate. Which wide receiver? who finished last year in the top 12 in half-point PPR, had the lowest yards per reception. So we're looking for a guy, half-point PPR, that finished in the top 12 last year who had the lowest yards per catch. Give you a hint. The highest was Debo at 18.9 yards per reception last year. That's outstanding. This guy's numbers were a little bit lower. So once again... Message us, get your answer, and then I guess next show, Tom and Sam, we'll do our drawing, right? We should do a live drawing. Yeah, we should. But wait a second. So you're telling me Debo's yards per catch was what? 18.9. And his over-under this week is 53.5. So how many catches does, does he need? Is that three? Is if that he catches, right? according three. to his, his numbers last year, if he catches three passes this week, he's going to hit the over. Oh, my goodness. I think I'm convinced. I'm getting off the show in a couple of minutes and I'm hitting right. <laughs> we're just giving DraftKings all the plugs in the world. You're welcome, guys. But uh, our fan duel, we're in. Okay. Two things left to do, guys. We got our listener mailbag. We got three questions from our loyal listeners. Then we got a couple start sets and that'll be it. So from Vinvento, obviously a fan of the show, he asks, what's going on with Alan Lazard? Question mark. He got stepped on. What is the deal with that? Who wants to take that? Alan Lazard, what's his deal? I'll, I'll take this one. I saw some reports today that it's an ankle injury. They did not specify whether it's a high ankle or lateral ankle injury. Um, so we'll have to keep reading up to see if they give us anything more. If it's a high ankle sprain, obviously that's more impactful and usually has people out longer than a lateral ankle sprain. And wide receivers in the first game back from that average 2.7 points per game below their pre-injury baseline with only 30% meeting or exceeding that pre-injury baseline. If it's a lateral ankle sprain, however, on the outside of the ankle, the much, much, much more common one, in the first game back, wide receivers are only averaging 0.7 points per game below their baseline, with 44% of them meeting or exceeding that. 
So we'll have to keep reading up to see if they if they tell us what kind of ankle sprain it was. Um, if it if we find out it's a high ankle sprain, it's a little risky starting him. If it's just a lateral ankle sprain and you were going to start him anyway, I think go for it. I think I'm going for it too. In a game against the Vikings, those are usually really good games. Spreads only one and a half over unders at 47. So a pretty high implied total there. I think you got to play Lazard. Okay, two more. Next one is from Vinny Oliva. He asks, what is the timetable for Jamison Williams? And I wrote a little bit about him because I, I do a lot of scouting on rookies. This dude was so exciting. I think he was Ohio State and then Alabama. I know he was 12th pick overall. Lions GM Brad Holmes not uh, willing to offer a date. He says he's on track. It's hard to date it, but he says that Jamison Williams, the talent that he is, is a long-term investment. Do we have a timetable? His ACL tear was on January 10th. Is he going to make it back mid-season? Are we looking end-season for playoffs? Jamison Williams, guys, what do you think? Yeah, uh, with Jamison Williams, so as you mentioned, his ACL tear was January 10th. I did some digging. I found out, I believe his surgery was one week later on the 18th. So that's good news and that he was able to get his surgery pretty quickly. But being on track for an ACL can mean anything from before nine months to 12 months plus. So it really doesn't tell us a whole lot. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses at least the first eight weeks, nine weeks, something like that. So unless you have an IR slot, I don't think I would be holding on to him or if you're playing dynasty, obviously keep him, but kind of what I was mentioning before with Godwin. So 49 weeks, which is our average for wide receivers, that would be December 19th versus 43 weeks, which is what the quickest return we had with uh, Cooper cup. That's around November 7th, which would be week nine. So sorry, Vinny Oliva, not looking too good for him. Um, listen, you guys got to play chess when everybody else is playing checkers. If you can stash him on your IR, do it. Like we know the deal with also with a guy like Brian Robinson. I think I picked him up in three or four leagues. If you have an IR spot, use them. Use them for guys who we could see coming back. And I'm not necessarily saying that Jamison Williams or Robinson could be league winners, but these are guys that can make a difference. So if you have the opportunity to do so, grab guys that you can stash on your IR. It's almost like a free extra bench spot. Um, and quick question for you. I didn't put this in our in our script for today, but I love putting you guys on the spot because it's so much fun. Tom, I'm going to go to you first because you're a quick thinker. Which rookie wide receiver is going to score the most fantasy points this season? This season, um, I, I'm going to go with um, Olave. Okay. We know that Jameis can't. Jameis is so funny to watch, but he can provide for his receivers. All in on Michael Thomas, all in on Olave. All right, Sam, you're, you're a betting man. What do you think? If I can't take Olave, I guess I'll go with Drake London. He'll be ready for week one. All right, I'm going to be different and take George Pickens. I was going to go Burks. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Pickens Ooh, here. Burks is a nice pick, too. There's so many. There's so many good rookie wide receivers this year. All right, our last mailbag question from Rob. They call him Shirtless Voff. He says, tell me about Michael Gallup. When is he expected back and what we expect from him? You know, we tore his ACL in January. We talk extensively about ACLs. I think he practiced today. I saw for the Cowboys, but not expected to play this weekend. But do we foresee him coming back soon? Well, Michael Gallup? first off, Rob, good for you for not having a shirt on. Where, where, go shirtless proudly. So, right. so here's, he the, does. here's the thing about Gallup. His injury was in January, but... 
his surgery was, I believe, February 10th. Yeah. So the timeline starts then. We talked about the nine months being that ideal. You want to see them at least nine months post-surgery. That would be November 10th. That is very far into the season. Now, we're getting reports that he did individual drills and running routes for the first time. That is literally part of the six to nine month protocol, like sports specific drills, running, cutting, agility. That is part of the protocol. That does not mean that he's ready to play full contact football yet. And he has not participated in full contact or full team practice yet. I wouldn't expect him to for at least a few more weeks. I mean, November 10th is nine months post-op for him. If he makes it back before that, it's remarkable. It's also risky and hard to trust. I wish he was healthy. And I also wish I got more shares of him looking back. Like, I don't know why I didn't draft him more, I guess, because of the injury concerns, but there's like no one there. Yeah. Lamb and uh, Schultz. But after that, it's Noah Brown, Dennis Houston, Jalen Tolbert, the rookie James Washington. Like, I feel like if he was healthy, he would have a huge role, but Tom kind of gave you the cautions there and, and what to look out for. So thank you for the question, Mr. Shirtless. We appreciate that. Last part of our show, guys, we got a couple of start-sit questions here. We're just going to go through two of them. One that I'm seeing a lot on TikTok and on Twitter all over the place is a guy who I really liked, Brees Hall, got picked at times in the third round. Sometimes you saw him in the fourth round. I'll give you my input on him. I think if you have better options, you're going to play him. Um, guy made a little list here of guys I would personally play over him. Rashad Penny, Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, CEH, Damian Pierce, even De uh, Devin Singletary, Tony Pollard, Edmonds, Dylan. I think guys with a guaranteed role. That's my theme here, and you guys could tell me if you disagree or not. I want guys week one that are not going to kill me. I think Brees Hall is by far the best rookie running back, and probably skill-wise, this is crazy, top 10 or top 15 in the NFL already. He's that good, 99th percentile in so many things. If you use the fourth-round draft capital on him, I understand it's hard to sit him. Do you guys agree? Do you, do you disagree? I mean, I know it's a tough matchup against the Ravens, but I'm worried that Carter plays a big role early and that it takes time for Hall. What do you guys think? I, th I think I, I see what you're saying. I'm probably starting him, though, if I draft him in the fourth round. Um, and they've said that Carter's going to play a lot, too. And, and Carter was good last year. He should play. But I, I think that they drafted him where they did for a reason and that, you know, he's going in the fourth round for a reason. And I, I think it starts early. Okay. Yeah, good, Sam. Let's just say I kind of agree with Tom. So, like, unless you were able to grab another player later in the draft, like a Rashad Penny, something like that, where they were going pretty late, but you know they're going to be the RB1, um, then you probably should start Brees Hall. But if you if you have one of those later around options that can still provide you with good upside, then that might be worth kind of playing them over Hall. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's a matter of how much risk you want to take week one. I'm a guy that took risk in the drafts, but for week one, I just want to get as many points as I can out there. So it's up to you guys. And speaking of risk, our last start sit is we've talked a little bit about these rookie wide receivers. We get it. You're excited. I'm excited. Great. I mean, we got these guys. I think you shouldn't get burned in week one. And I think you should play someone safer. I've got a list of guys who I think I would play and a list of guys who I'm looking to find an alternative to. 
I'll list my players, and then you guys could tell me if you agree or disagree, any ones that stand out to you. So for me, I'm playing Dotson. I think he has an immediate role there uh, as the wide receiver, too, in the commanders. Traylon Burks, the Titans have a huge role for him. George Pickens, I talked about. I'm playing him everywhere if I can, just because I think Deontay Johnson's a little bit banged up. I think these are the three that have the best opportunities to succeed early. Guys, I'm sitting if I have a better option. Alec Pierce, Sky Moore, Tom's boy, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Wandale Robinson, Garrett Wilson, Drake London. Those are my start sets out of the rookies. I know we probably missed a couple, but any that stand out to you guys? Any, any ones that you disagree or agree on? Any thoughts there? The thing, so with, with Jahan Dotson, we do need to be mindful that Curtis Samuel missed all most of last season, but he's back and healthy, and they want him to have a role. So um, I, I like Jahan Dotson too. I want to see it first before I play him. Um, and if London plays, I think he's, he's an okay option. Like we talked about how if you've got better players, to play over London, then great. But if you if you drafted London to be your flex, or maybe it's a three wide receiver league, and he plays, go for it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same there. I think maybe the ones I would switch based on what you said is uh, London and Olave over Pickens. If Deontay Johnson ends up playing and he's healthy, he may end up just kind of seeing all the targets where there's not a whole lot left there for Pickens. But if Deontay Johnson ends up being out, then I could totally see Pickens being a great play. All right. Fair enough. And listen, we loved answering these questions for you guys today. Anything that you guys ever have, any concerns, start, sit, especially injury questions, which the team specializes in, message us, get involved, message us on Twitter, on Instagram, on, uh, you know, visit our website, reach out to us, Tom and Sam, they have Twitters that they're, they're constantly on answering questions, interacting with fans and with listeners. So we're going to do our best to get you guys educated, ready for the season. But that was a jam-packed show all in under an hour, fellas. How do you feel? I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm excited. Safe to say. It's the big day, boys. It's the big day. So that is it, guys. We absolutely thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the game tomorrow and enjoy the, the full slate. What is it? Uh, Scott Hansen, seven hours of commercial free football. That's, That's the best right. The, the Octobox. The Octobox. Cool. I need to get like three more TVs in my house. I'm, I'm getting fired <laughs> up here. But once again, thank you guys. Fantasyinjuryteam.com. Follow us on Twitter at injury underscore fantasy. Good luck. Have a blast with football this weekend. And we'll see you guys next time.